Welcome to Momentum, encouraging women who follow Jesus because your leadership and influence matters. This is Lauren Carreras, and we're here today with Denise Harlow talking about building team unity. So before we get into building the team unity, Denise, tell us a little bit about your journey with leading teams. Well, I kind of fell into it. I hadn't really uh, studied or planned on being a manager of a team in any way. Um, because when I first started doing worship at our church, I w- it was me, myself, and I. So uh, that was pretty easy. But then as we um, added staff, gradually as the church grew, by the end I was leading a team of 11 with uh, in- an intern in there as well. So uh, that was my experience. It was kind of just falling into, except... I had teams of volunteers in the beginning, um, which everybody out there, no matter what size church you are, you lead a team of volunteers if you are a leader in the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, I also have a team right now. It is a blast. I am part-time. I have two part-time staff members under me and a full-time resident, which is a extremely capable staff member slash intern who's um, working on her resume. So basically I have a team of three and then they lead, you know, a team of about 10 underneath them. So team unity is definitely something that's on our mind, but it's something that a lot of us team leaders don't notice until we're missing it. So talk a little bit about how you learned to prioritize team unity as you were leading your team. You know, that is exactly right, Lauren, because it's unless unless you really think about it and that is when some you have problems. You don't really think about building team unity. But what the benefits are is you have a team that really is on the same page and they're more cohesive and their ideas flow together better. And there's just a different energy when you have team unity versus otherwise everybody's kind of has their own idea of or agenda that things that should be pushed and happen on your team. Yeah, I think we've all been in the situation where we've been on a dysfunctional team or part of a disunified team in any capacity. It's tense. A lot of your energy goes towards keeping peace or figuring out who to say what to and how to get things done and do you go around someone and oh it's exhausting and ridiculous it really I mean it really is and it takes away from your mission of what you really want to accomplish and what's really going to do God's work and it's it's our job as team leaders to create that team unity so how do we prioritize that what are some things that you have done Well, I'm first going to share some things I did with volunteers because that's how I started and everybody out there can relate. Also, I didn't have much budget, so that can influence what you do to build team unity. Absolutely. So, for example, example, when um, when I first started doing worship and we were such a small church, not a lot of talent to choose from, But I definitely, we didn't even really have a band yet. So we had people 
start coming to band practice and, and meet, but nobody knew each other. And a lot of them were newer Christians and it just felt stiff and it was not fun. And I thought, oh my goodness, I got to get these people to gel together. This is not good. Well, the only thing I could think of was food, sadly enough. Food always works. <laughs> so I started bringing I started bringing a snack to our band practice. And before we practiced the very last song, we would sit down and have a snack. And conversations started happening among the members about work or family. And all of a sudden, it was just different. This this cohesiveness and this unity started happening. Okay, so that was just for that particular instance. You know, that's great, though. I'm going to stop you because we can get focused on the task at hand and not realize that taking care of the people around us is the way to better (laughs) accomplish that task. And um, so you even taking the time out of a rehearsal that was probably in the evening with people who probably worked day jobs and had to get home to family, but you prioritizing that enough to, you know, not only make snacks, bring snacks and take a break and in your rehearsal time ended up being super important, but not something we always remember to do is take a break. That's right. And you got to remember people at church are doing it because they want to. And sometimes as staff, we forget that. And so these people wanted to be there. Um, I just needed to create an environment that just made it a little more fun. And it was, it's an important thing to do. For uh, another thing I had to do, uh, we had a brainstorming team. Same deal. <laughs> my, my solution's always food, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so we were going to have brainstorming meetings once a month and plan out you know, a month's worth of services. And so I couldn't get people to really commit to coming. That that sounds weird, but, oh, my kid has this or this was happening. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. And it gets so tiring. So I started having a meal before it. And I would use the budget and I would provide the main dish but have everybody bring one thing it was going to start, the dinner was going to start like at six, and then our brainstorming meeting at seven. And it was simple. It could have been taco salad, it could have been soup, sandwiches, whatever. Um, and they started participating and coming and becoming friends because around the food and the table, great conversations and laughter started happening, and same results. Then when we went to brainstorm, they they were so gelled and and excited to be together that it produced great results. I love that. And I remember that as a kid hearing laughter from upstairs, I'd go hide in the basement with a plate full of food and uh, it was extremely effective. Yeah, it worked um, very, very well. And, and, and that can work for no matter what kind of team you have. Um, it's amazing when people really get to know each other's stories, what can happen. So talk about building team unity on a team with extremely different personalities, even extremely different giftings. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, different giftings was definitely this brainstorming team because you would choose people 
uh, because they had different gifts and different energies, whether they really knew um, music and listened to the radio or if they were a movie watcher and or, or whatever. Um, so those people were different, but again, the food coming around the table helped. I was really blessed by, um, after a few years, to have some options of activities to do because we are in Chicago. And this brainstorming team, for example, we all went and saw Blue Man Group together. And I had, in my budget, I bought the team members a ticket. And if their spouses wanted to go, they had to purchase them together, you know, and on their own. And so that was such a great team building time because we had fun together. And this particular environment also helped their creativity. Um, Blue Man Group, if you're not familiar, you could Google it or whatever and look. And it's just a show with, I don't know how to describe it, with men with blue faces that don't say a thing. It's just craziness, <laughs> but so much fun. A percussion, Cirque yes. du Soleil type event. Yeah. Absolutely. So you, so you brought people together is what you're saying. No matter how different they were, you found ways to bring them together, mostly over over some fun when you could. Yeah, yeah. Uh, think about, just think, how can my team have fun together? What can we do? Yeah, a lot of us wouldn't have the option to buy Blue Man group tickets, but uh, maybe there's something else in your area that you could go do together that would be really fun. That's great. Um, How did you, did you struggle at all with keeping the vision of your organization in front of everyone? Did, Did some people have their own agendas? How did you create unity in that way? Well, you have to remember, I led, no, I don't do it anymore, I uh, retired kind of two years ago, (laughs) but I I led artists, and artists have amazing gifts, but they are also, you know, have a temperamental bend to their personality. I mean, it's just how God designed them. I think they are more sensitive, and that allows them to minister through music more. But they can be really difficult to lead, and they do get tunnel vision because, you know, there is a little ego involved, and you do want your your gift to shine. Even You know, it's not a bad thing. God's given them this gift. So it's... Absolutely. I, well, I experienced that as well, even, you know, and with the best of intentions, you know, you you are hired to do a job. And so you are focused in on that one group of people and their needs or um, one event and, and what that takes. So yeah, absolutely. That happens, I think, to all of our teams as people can get that tunnel vision. Yeah. So I had to continually just remind them what it was about. Hey, when people walk into that service, we want them, we don't want them distracted. We want everything to help their minds and their hearts go from that point of maybe arguing at home to where they can learn this truth by the time the sermon comes up and be very focused and open to what God can do. 
So I would continually remind them of that. Okay, is, is, is this thing, this event, this song, this drama, whatever, is it going to accomplish that? And so just by continually putting that in front of them, they start to get it. And one other thing I had to think about as I led this team is, sadly, in a lot of churches, worship departments can think it's all about the worship, the music and the worship. And so I would have to remind them, you know, uh, the kids department, this is going on. If we don't have somebody ministering to the children, these adults won't be here or they're going to be so distracted. They're not going to hear a thing. And I loved it when some of them had kids or teenagers and they were personally invested in the other ministries in the church. It really helped give them the big picture of what church is about. Mm. So telling lots of stories, I think, can help that as well. Mm. That is so true. Telling stories and pulling, pulling the vision back a little bit, uh, the 20 degree. Uh, pulling the vision back a little bit so you can so you can see everything. I mean, uh, we have a a value on our team that the team you are on is greater than the team you lead. And I have to constantly remind my team in that way, the team that they lead is important and critical and they need to be thinking and advocating for that team. But the team that they are on, our staff team as a whole, is more important. Our our mission of helping people find and follow Christ is more important than, you know, if we're going to make it harder for someone to volunteer in the nursery because we don't have enough space because we have to change something around, you know, we need to, we need to pick up the slack there because of what's more important. So that's great. One of the best ways you can build team unity, and I'm sure you'll agree, Lauren, because I think you've experienced this recently, is to take your team to a conference together. Um, if you ask people far enough off, far enough out, a lot of your volunteers, they'll take the day off if it's just a one-day event. We've had people take two days off to go to an overnight event, and that is phenomenal because they get excited. They see what other churches are doing. They come back. You have dinner together. You might just hang out for the evening and then go again the next day. That does wonders for team unity. Mm, that's a great idea, and um, I even you know our our budget is tight but i found like it found that it was worth it absolutely worth it to spend money on that the way it's reinvigorated but there are other organizations sometimes that are willing to help out if you're at a smaller church and you want to go um reach out for help that's what i would say that that would be fantastic i i know that um one other way that I really felt like was important to build team unity was through prayer times because mm. praying for each other and being able to be honest with each other, what's going on in our lives is so key. And sometimes people would have some really rough stuff going on and we would just put a chair in the middle and we'd all put our hands on their head and shoulders and just pray for them, just like in the book of Acts. And it was so powerful. I think it just really draws your team together. 
when they know what's going on, when you can share your hurts and your joys. We had a, a woman who was diagnosed with brain cancer several Christmases ago. And, you know, Christmas Eve services are supposed to be this great, joyful time. But our team had this heavy on our hearts. We rallied around them every um, before every Christmas Eve service night. We would have prayer times for the services, definitely, but for this woman on our team. Um, sharing hurts and joys is really key. I feel like that creates such a safe environment for being known and knowing each other is such a huge part of team unity because then when normal job stuff comes up and, you know, miscommunication happens, it becomes a safer place to go to the person and to have conflict when you know what's going on in their life when you really are invested in them and you can believe the best about them. I love that. I love having prayer time can intentionally in in your meeting times or creating that space. That's something that we need to do more of. Yeah. And there's and, and get creative with it. Sometimes we would just have a prayer and pray about team needs, you know, as we're sitting around a table. But sometimes I would have them write their own name and their personal request, and we'd draw names and pray for each other for a week. Um, or we'd go into the worship center, and I might have a prayer walk, things on the wall for them to pray for uh, for each other, for needs in our church, whatever it might be. And one key thing that we did early on is every once in a while, I would ask them, I'd say, how is your heart because that is when you are going to really be vulnerable and you have to be honest. Um, you can fake it and say, oh, it's good, but we would have to say why. What was going on in our life? My heart is so heavy right now because my, my daughter is, I found out, is having sex with her boyfriend and it's killing me. And my heart is so broken right now. Those things really uh, are so good for a team to share how the heart's doing. So how do you keep your thumb on team unity? You incorporated these things, but how often did you incorporate them into meetings? Do you calendar them out to make sure they don't get lost? How do you do that? Well, I think it depends on the team that you lead I, I've led several teams, so one team may only meet once a month, whereas, you know, band members meet weekly for the rehearsal versus uh, the staff. We would started, we started by meeting every other week, and then as it got bigger and the church got bigger, it had to become a weekly meeting. So I tried to vary it up because if you do the same thing every time, it loses its effectiveness, not that prayer does, but how I would implement it. So I really tried to vary it. And I, again, though, would keep the vision in front of the team, what's important, sharing testimony or an article I had kept or a spiritual um, thing to think for them to think about. So I... I would vary 
things I would bring to the meeting. I'd put some thought into it before the meetings. So a lot does depend on the leader. That's great. Well, honestly, I feel convicted and ready to go. I need to make a list and make a calendar and um, keep this in front of my team. I think our listeners would agree that they have a great starting point to go off of and and renewed conviction to keep it up and to keep it important as an important part of your team. Create unity, create fun, bring food, pray, know your team members, allow them to know each other, and have fun. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning into Momentum. For more information and encouragement, check out deniseharlow.com or follow Denise Harlow on Instagram or Facebook. We'll talk to you soon.